Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Christian's just kind of been giving MGF's all discarded scripts. Yeah, just sort of like much. Just say the worst thing possible. Anyway, yep. this is a gaming podcast. This is the Untitled Banter Podcast. I'm Scott <laughs> Taylorford, joined by Jules Gale. Hello, everyone. On the Untitled Banter Podcast, the UBP, the UBP. UBP, UBP. The UBP, where we ask you for all of your submissions, all your questions, all your talking points, whatever you'd like us to talk about. And we were just discussing wrestling, and the people <laughs> that will know what that is will have popped mightily, I assume. We'll get through as many questions as we possibly can, starting with KTM421 who says hope all's well as the gaming scene is pretty stale at the moment what game would you like to be announced that would cause a big bang and get everybody speaking about it oh. this is in what what one thing would send ructions through the world i guess maybe like a gta 6 but that's kind of like a foregone thing yeah i feel mm. like everyone knows that it's coming it's a case mm. of when i feel like uh the next bioshock installment because we've oh. known that it's been in development for ages and then uh -huh. to get something like it's in space would be <laughs> amazing to sort of get the hype train rolling again on that i really want um because I, I think all the big tier devs like your ubisoft your warner brothers your rock stars your blizzards they're all doing very expected things right now like yeah. we just shot a couple of news with me and josh this morning on the state of diablo immortal and the state of red dead online I would love Rockstar's new project. I would love Naughty Dog's new project. Like, as much as I, like, I don't really, honestly, really care about The Last of Us remake. I'm like, I've mm -hmm. done that, mm -hmm. been and done. Mm -hmm. I want new stuff. And I kind of wonder, because where are you at on, like, that whole, I think there's a thing at the minute about how much every entertainment industry is just mining nostalgia and mining the past. And I find yeah. myself getting more sad by that over time. I'm like, it's all we've got looking backwards. I want new stuff. Well, the thing is, is that like the way to look at it is, is that the uh, video game industry is the movie industry with a few extra steps. Um, mm. We are in the state now where the regurgitative format of let's just mine previous IPs is a easier prospect for yeah. developers and publishers because obviously it's got a proven track record it's got a built-in audience it is actually arguably cheaper to remake something that fans know and change things you do get exceptions obviously the final fantasy 7 remake is a big notable exception to that because mm -hmm. everything was built from the ground up in using just core elements of the previous story mm -hmm. but for the most part you'll be getting the same thing because unfortunately that is what we will end up buying. The, the yeah, exploiting of nostalgia is a very easy thing to do because it's like, oh, remember this? This is great. And you'll pay <laughs> for that. You'll pay through the bloody nose for that, mate. That's um, like, how many more times could we do that? Like for me, I, I just keep thinking of how many more like IPs can you mine to get the money out? I'm like, how many more times right. can you do this? Well, the thing is, is that we're at a state now where you're mining IPs that haven't even been out long enough to actually, or mm. been allowed to gestate long enough for people to actually feel like they're worthy. I mean, kind of like, like the Last I, of Us remake. Yeah, exactly. 
that's the prime example of that. Like if you're holding up something from the 80s or 90s or even the early 2000s, mm -hmm. I'd say that you're like, okay, fair game. We are nearly 20 or so years removed mm -hmm. from the even the latest point of that. Yes, let's have some nostalgic fun. Mm -hmm. But when it's like, oh, I have just finished playing this game on the last console generation. Now you're telling me that there's a remake of the remake coming out. Yeah. That is weird. Like we're entering this like cyclical nature where it only will ever produce negative or diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. We are going to enter into the FIFA philosophy of video <laughs> game creation, where we are going to be getting uh, spiraling costs going up as players expect more from graphical fidelity and things like that. So that means that uh, companies are investing more into tech and mm -hmm. uh, graphical engines and other bits and bobs. But we're expected to foot the bill. Yeah, games yeah. come with massive price tags, and they need to sell those ma to justify those uh, huge costs. Mm -hmm. But they won't be getting them because I don't know about you, but I'm not going to probably buy the next Last of Us remake that is coming out after That's the one thing, that has like... been announced, after the one that has just sold there. Like I don't want to be playing a PS8 and <laughs> playing the last of us remade thrice upon well thrice. that's the thing like, it's like that's the whole wider like discussion around it it's like one you know has the newest generation actually really proven itself yet that's a whole open conversation mm -hmm. that people can sort of answer in various different ways i don't necessarily think it has i love the likes of elden ring but it wasn't it wasn't that much better on ps5 than ps4 like really mm -hmm. it's not like anything's really been designed with the ssd in mind and also in regards to remake stuff um it's always that whole thing of like people want it because they want to feel like they did when they played the original but that's nigh yeah. on impossible to replicate because you were a different person back then expectations were different and the industry was different so i'm like the only way to get that feeling is to do whatever the newest final fantasy 7 thing would be or yes. something that has that innovation to it like years of war the first time we did a, a cover shooter like on mass that felt so good like where are the new ideas i know it's old man ranting yeah. but i, I feel like damn. just to, just to provide the other take mm. the argument the ideas are still there you go mm. to any of the sort of like indie developer market oh, areas totally, yeah. and you will find a plethora of amazing ideas that have been delivered in brilliant form and fashion the triple a games industry is it's it's wrong to say that it's on its last legs because it will mm. definitely be going but the cow is being milked so thoroughly that its <laughs> teats are very raw and red like it's there's only so many times that you can get me hyped up about a game that i know that i've played before yes. a good example and i know that we probably have some questions about this mm. the skull and bones games that was obviously totally. just got the gameplay trailer that's out now if they had shown me that gameplay footage alone without an overproduced voiceover i would have actually sat there and been like you know what this looks all right. right. I'm actually okay with this. Mm -hmm. But because of the fact that the voiceover hammered home every single talking point that I've heard from every other single game that has come out, Ubisoft or not, I'm like, oh, it's base attacks. Oh, it's harvesting resources. Oh, it's like, um, it, it's live service uh, gameplay. I'm mm -hmm. like, you have actually turned me off this game the more you've spoken <laughs> about it. Like the air of mystique was actually its selling point. Yeah. And look at the comments, by the way. If you think that I'm uh, just being a grumpy old codger, take a look at the comments that at that uh, gameplay video or gameplay overview video that just came out. Mm -hmm. Every single comment is saying, Ubisoft, what are you doing? You are giving us a live service game and we asked for Black Flag, but with actually yeah. more of a single player focus. You have taken a great idea. You have got all the graphical... Um, 
like qualities. You've got all these gameplay ideas mm -hmm. and you are turning them against us. Like, well, that's the thing. I mean, like the, yeah, I think for the longest time, I was looking up when Skull and Bones was first announced and it was back in 2017. So they have like five years worth of dev dev time to make yeah. up for this. That's a lot of wages. And I think that, yeah, like you said, it's like they've fallen back on all these quote unquote bankable elements to make sure it makes a bunch of money. Um, but at the same time, it makes it generic as hell. Like you take something that was kind of cool, the idea of ship combat from Assassin's Creed being its own thing, and you just dial it all the way down to live service elements, character customization, and things like that. We did have a question about how much it looks very loot microtransaction focused yeah, or the 100%. potential to bolt that yeah. on. Um, and yeah, I would assume that stuff is in there. It's not in the latest gameplay overview trailer. Um, for me, it just looks so much like Sea of Thieves. It was yeah. just Sea of Thieves if it was made by Ubisoft, like down to the same ideas and everything. What kind of upsets me though is like you say, it's had five years development mm. time. And across those five years, the gameplay, the, sorry, the games industry has changed quite mm. considerably to be more sort of microtransaction heavy, the live service stuff. That wasn't necessarily in existence when that game started that dev time. Not fully, I want no. to see what that game looked like in the first year or two of development. Mm -hmm. And then I bet you anything, we'll be able to play this game and know the moment that it pivoted into what you'd call current trends or oh, dude, even, like, I mean, even, like the, dying yeah. trends it's like yeah the, the wider map design like the whole bit when they show sort of like you know go up to an island get all the resources mm -hmm. look at this crafting menu it's like those are the things that you can bolt onto an existing framework to pad things out to bulk it out um yeah skull and bones for me it never really blew me away from the beginning but i didn't mind the ship combat in assassin's creed no. and i think that this but it could be potentially cool it just it looked like you said it looks like everything else that we've already played yeah um and yeah the one facet that I'm actually like quite upset by is the fact that, again, I watched the whole overview video, mm. thought I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Like it's going to be an okay game. Uh, mm -hmm. But then I saw the comments and people were like, oh, there is no combat. That doesn't look like there's like, Not as in, melee, like no. melee combat. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look like there's opportunity to walk freely around the world. You just go to hubs and your character walks up to a menu screen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you've weirdly made this game feel infinitely smaller by mm -hmm. having that taken away from you like yeah, oh, yeah. well like one of the things people really like the idea of when they said you know it's assassin's creed ship combat is that that whole thing that you do in that game where you board other ships and have exactly. a big old sword fight and then claim stuff the idea of you being one player who's like fending off attacks from like maybe two other maybe lower level ships or something but you're good enough at the combat that you can stave everybody off and save your one ship and that plunder and then make it home that's infinitely more exciting and more gameplay trailerable than here's some crafting components here's some menus that you've seen <laughs> 10 times over next question from jacob sawyer who says who would win, rabbits or minions in a full-fledged war? Oh, now they're nigh on the same thing. Christ. <laughs> I just, I do feel like the, when the minions came out, I mm. feel like it was this, you know, Obi-Wan <laughs> says like a thousand voices, a million voices screamed out at once and were silenced forever. Yep. I feel like it was just like the collective will, like mm -hmm. an apathetic shrug of the soul dying and turning into its, <laughs> uh, turning in its grave. Like, the I, like the I will never be able to deny the minions they have taken mm. over pop culture so much so that mm. even the ironic meme users that use them have gained in popularity and it's like you you, you can't they are everywhere they will yes. never go away and therefore every single person tried to emulate them and steal from that gimmick of like a mindless brainless idiot that just does <laughs> stupid things to do stupid things like we had do you remember um the 
what was that Doctor's Use uh, animation? The, the Lorax? Yeah, the Lorax, yeah. Yeah, they had their version of that with the fish, I think. Okay. And they had some other uh, things came out that were also like mindless idiot stuff. And then the rabbits came out. I know that obviously the timeline is a bit different and the rabbits probably same came idea, though, first, yeah. actually, thinking about it. Well, I'll tell you what, did or you they play... they um... turned off from it, but it came around the same time. And so basically, they are the same. Yes. So what I hope is that they just nuke each other into oblivion and <laughs> that's, that's the end. The whole world. I would rather the world actually cracked in half and was absorbed into the cold reaches of space than have a, de a definitive winner. How long until there's a crossover? How much money does oh, Illumination have to give yeah. Ubisoft or the yeah. other way around? That's the end point. They have a crossover. Yeah. They have a fight to the death. Um, I would. T I mean, like I said, I don't mind the rabbits. I love Mario and Rabbids, the, the turn-based um, XCOM style game. Mm -hmm. um, and Rabbit Rosalina covered up in the new game. I'm I'm there for that, dude. <laughs> I, I don't mind it. My uh, my mind, when you were saying about where it came from, reminded me of um, Overlord. I don't know if you played the Overlord games. Oh, yeah, with the minions that you have yeah, there. Like, yeah, Overlord. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. That's kind of like the original minions thing, but done with a way darker sense of humor or a way more self-aware sense of humor um, in terms of gaming and stuff. I'll go with the Rabbids because I think they have more moxie than uh, the minions. I think the minions are too apathetic and they would give up whereas the rabbits I, I, going off Mario and rabbits um, have been shown to make weapons and you know destroy many many people but the thing is it's like can Just they die do, do. It's, they're both from like kids franchises so yeah. therefore every single one of them is immortal like you look at every single scrape and situation that they get into they always walk out completely like oh how did I survive that it's true, like, it's true. Like, that's the scariest thing about them that if the minions or the rabbits collectively had a brain cell to share between them <laughs> they would actually be able to take over the world because no one could stop them that's the alternate reality version. That's the movie. That's the yeah. whole thing you do. You have the main yeah. character, probably Chris Pratt, fighting against all of oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash it out uh, that way. Chris Pratt as Mario and Luigi and also <laughs> the minions. We should very quickly talk about this. Isn't a question, but um, the Mario movie script leaked, and oh, uh, I have seems to be doing the that. rounds. Uh, I'm not spoil any uh, specifics or anything, but one of the obvious things that was retroactively staring me in the face the whole time is that they have musical numbers in this, oh, and no. Bowser. Voice by Jack Black is doing a song near the beginning of the movie singing about taking over the Mushroom Kingdom and how he's always being thwarted by Mario. Right. Now that, for me, massively gets me in. I'm super up for a singing Bowser singing about the Mushroom Kingdom. Now I am in theory, but just remember, like lightning struck once with uh, Everything is Awesome from the Lego movie. Yes, that, and true. then every single movie after that was just like, oh, let's make sure we've got a catchy song to try and shift uh -huh. as many units as possible. <laughs> this will be a cynical Nintendo constricted song so it'll like it'll be like ah oh, i'm a big doofus <laughs> Uh, dogs oh, go woofers. Oh, oh. Like it would just be, it would just be rubbish. It'd be absolutely I, rubbish. I'm so curious what the hell that thing is, uh, because in the in the leak as well, it mentions that Mario and Luigi have Brooklyn accents, which like, would be Chris Pratt doing a like. I love, of, I yeah. love Jack Black, and I do think that he's a phenomenal voice actor. But mm. I think that he's going to Jack Black the hell out of this, and he's just going to so. be like, "Wow, I'm Bowser! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Look at this fire! Look at this fireball! Whoa! Whoa!" That's ah. like, and that's kind of what I want, though. If he's just sort of like, uh, "I tried to." Do kill you guys and you keep getting away and oh god and he does this big old song like i i'm super up for that but uh we will see but yeah that that leak thing is doing the rounds online apparently it's turned up a couple of times before um but more and more sources seem to think it's legit but go right, find okay. out for yourselves if you want some specifics next question from a gaming with greg who says hello from romania massive Whoa. shout out to romania um if you were given complete creative freedom for a new what culture channel what would it be my vote is pokemon not my Whoa. vote oh okay with greg's vote Fair enough. I mean, a Pokemon uh, channel would do really well because Poke obviously Cleary's got quite a extensive knowledge mm. on Pokemon, as do you and a few other Ish. people in the thing. I mean, I I reckon it would do well. 
because uh, there are some very good Pokemon creators out there, or content mm-hmm, creators, mm-hmm. I should say. But I don't think that I would be a part of that one. I don't know enough. <laughs> You'd be reacting about... to, is this like three Pokemon, two of them are made up, and you try to try and guess. Yeah, I'd be the real. person that you guys drag in for the sort of yes. like, a random idiot, can he <laughs> guess this Pokemon by this? And I'd be like, is it Charmander? It's like, it's a sweet wrapper, a bin bag, and like a discarded bandage. And the bin bag is the real Pokemon. Yeah, I know it is. Actually, I know done. that much, actually. Well, <laughs> um, that's as far as we can get. I would do a, um, a channel on just 2003. Just give me a 2003 <laughs> pop punk, American Pie, Alter Bridge of thinking about forming. Give me that. But you can only have 365 uh, videos <laughs> and then you end. And that's the end of the channel. It literally has a year, a video per day of, of 2003. And then it mm-hmm. just ends. What we can do, we can do Burnout 3. I think that yeah. was 2003. You can mm-hmm. roll all those things in. Um, what's your preferred channel, sir? I create, if I could create a brand new channel that hasn't already been tried and tested <laughs> by the What Culture uh, bigwigs, I would probably. You know what? Mm. Actually, because we don't do it, and for some reason we've never even tried it again. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, future bosses, please let us do this in the future. <laughs> Why do we have just a pure streaming channel? Just a pure yeah. streaming channel, like every single day, one of us gets on board. We mm-hmm. have a group activities. We do like a live show in the morning. We do uh, that one person does like some gaming in the uh, for an hour or two, and mm-hmm. then we come back together and do like a news roundup of what happened in the day, and then have a little. I chat. would do like a, uh, a it's called, I'd call it aggressive streaming, and it's we Whoa. stream all the time and i i get a prodder and i i, I poke you with a camera yep. i don't know i'm yep. in your room for some reason okay that's and fine. i'm there at 7 a.m no you get up at stupid time you get up at like 5 a.m oh you yeah i do man yeah he's, he's man's a regimented man i would get up there and be like okay streaming now and, he, and i just point the thing at you and you have to just you have to just be on immediately all the that's time that's fine i'd be happy with that i just come down <laughs> in the morning just like in my dressing gown i'd just be like all right okay let's see what we got in the news gown, today. Gown, burnout threes on I mean, again if Death we gown. did it if we did it as like um uh so that it was you did your streaming in shifts so that mm. like I would literally tag you or Josh in and be like, right, I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> you stream in the evening. And it's just a 24 hour stream channel that never, ever ends. Like, is it Ralph? Um, oh my God. Ralph Coyote and Sam the Sheepdog in that run of like six oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cartoons they did looking after the sheep and Looney Tunes. Just yeah, high five as you go out and someone else does the rest of your shift <laughs> and it's 24 seven streaming. I'll actually say, I'm not sure if I've said this on a UBP or not, but I wanted to stream all the Metal Gears in oh, a row. Oh, you've said this many times. I really want to do that. Maybe we can do do that at some point i want to do it for charity but i want to do all the metal gears in a row non-stop um and then assumedly that'll be a nice mush at the end of that like just just watching you do that is making my head (laughs) ache just thinking about oh we'll pass the controller but i mean you've got to go through like acid and peace walker and metal gear touch and do all that stuff next question from elfa oliver who says do we actually own games and we've talked about this before but god of war ragnarok's collector's editions will not feature a disc in the steelbook Mm. and some fans are calling that a waste of space um are they not buying it for the cool stuff jules will be getting those dice disc or not i did i did notice that though a lot of modern day pre-order stuff they just they just forgo the disc like i, I guess they assume you're going to download it anyway but yeah, yeah why not? i mean it's um it comes back to the age-old argument of like you own a tangible piece of media uh, mm. that is yours you can trade it in it has value because it exists um you also are able to preserve it as a piece of gaming history in the sense mm. that it is the state in which that disc exists mm. um so you can't have a developer say i don't know blizzard coming along and telling you no sorry you don't own this version of warcraft 3 you actually own this version of warcraft 3 that is meant to be better but is worse you own a definitive edition that we will constantly change and i feel like there's one thing that we do need to protect and that is um 
games going through revisionist history where yes. they are allowed to change their own things. Now, obviously, games exist in a state where you're allowed to add in patches and supplements to them, and that changes the overall vibe of them. But mm-hmm. I don't like the idea that get, um, that companies can go back and add in things like loot boxes and microtransactions mm-hmm. after review periods because, again, it goes back to the whole thing of like when you do a review on the g- day of release, that uh, score that you might give is very high, and if they then add in microtransactions two weeks afterwards, that score would definitely be impacted in it, yet you are mis-selling somebody based on your opinion of that Oh, game. yeah, definitely. I think like it. it's interesting because on to, to try and play devil's ad- advocate, I wonder if this is a way of ensuring that you play the best version of the game. If they don't do the horrible stuff, you just mentioned and it's just mm-hmm. that you know the game would assumedly go gold would go and get all of its de- discs pressed and everything and then you know maybe they keep working on the game they patch it they do whatever god of war 2018 was was actually really well regarded because it barely needed any like patching yeah. after launch it was very very solid on launch day and i wonder if that's the um maybe not the case with ragnarok considering now, how messy yeah. that thing's rollout's been now, I totally agree with you in terms of there are other benefits to this as well, like mm. um, loading from disk is uh, considerably slower than loading from an SSD or something mm. like that. And I do think that the future of games, unfortunately, whether or not I want it to be so, will be completely digital. But Same, I would prefer yeah. them to do that without trying to sell us the idea of here is a steel book with nothing in. Because yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The idea of owning a case is almost like 
I don't know, it feels like a slight slap in the face by saying mm. like, yes, you own something, but not this game. I would rather they just didn't include the digital uh, steelbook at all. Uh, sorry, the right. steel casing. If they just didn't have that, then people wouldn't be talking about this. They'd be like, it's only available for this. This is Yeah, if it was like a selection of, format. Yeah. yeah, like a selection of merch or something. Yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting precedent. No one's really like said much on the dev side. I'm, I'm going to assume that it is, I'm going to hope rather that it's more towards making sure you play the best version, the most updated yeah. version. But it's the thing, it's what you said like it's like it's it's the removal of your agency in this transaction you can't sell it on Mm -hmm. and you are bound to it that way it's also interesting as well because you enter into a weird situation like um the uh, like atari found itself in when they made i want to say it was pac-man for Mm -hmm. the um, atari something 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 Mm -hmm. and what they did was they overproduced they actually produced more copies of the game than there were consoles in existence. <laughs> they were so assured that the uh, success of this game would be enough to not only get people to buy um, copies of the console to play it on, therefore right. meeting the supply that they'd done, but also, weirdly, according to a statement that I remember reading, that they were expecting people to buy multiple copies. I, I have no <laughs> idea why people would want to own multiple <laughs> copies of the same game. Now, this smacks of that in a weird way because it's like you own a steelbook for mm-hmm. a game you don't have physically. Like in physical space. Now, yeah. Does that mean that you're going to go and buy the PS5 version that does come out physically so that you can well, play well, your game in that case? Like, what, Well, that's the thing you were mentioning about like gaming history and gaming conservation is like in this whole generation, if it becomes more digital and then say 30, 40 years down the line, you want to play something from this generation and you the, whatever current console at that time doesn't support it anymore, if you got your hands on a PS5 and you just put the disc in, it should mm-hmm. load it, even if it was mm-hmm. completely disconnected um, from the internet or whatever, which is why so many people go back to, you know, old school games because it's different licenses they can't get them to work again whatever um yeah i mean i'm all for that i think you should be able to play pretty much anything that's been out in human history if you have the will to do it um and it's a it's it's a weird one i think that this stuff seeing sony do it was did make me like raise my eyebrows because mm-hmm. usually you see that stuff from third-party devs um i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just hope that it's to give you the best version of the game um but it's it's all moving towards digital locking you down with a specific license for that game yeah um and making sure that you are then bound to that catalog going forward um next question from jack asbury who says hope we're both enjoying the rare english sun well i'm a very <laughs> yeah. red man so I've, uh, I've been out in it uh my question is why do a lot of games have such in-depth character creators for models you'll never see the biggest offender has to be cyberpunk 2077 yeah um very very true i remember making a point of riding a bike in cyberpunk so i could just see my dude yeah. at all um and the most recent version has better mirrors i guess so you can kind of see them in some reflections but yeah i, I don't know if you're a person who spends forever in character creators anyway but I, I can spend an afternoon in a character yeah. creator no, and then I, immediately regret it once i see them in the gameplay anyway yeah i mean i'm exactly the same i always do the classic thing of like can i try and make myself i mean it's very easy as i said before it's <laughs> default hair one and default beard two i'm uh, done i'm out of the door sort of thing um very generic face thank you very much mum and dad i um, honestly i remember when when uh, nintendo launched their Mies and yeah. someone just went that's you that is and i was like it, it the, literally that's a photorealistic version of me <laughs> in me form i've just got the little clip on lego hair and that's definitely me Amazing. The thing <laughs> is, is that like with character customizations, we've approached this sort of like uh, tipping point now where I'm very glad that they exist because mm. they allow you to create yourself or any form of your projected self in a mm-hmm. game. And I feel like it allows for things like inclusion that uh, may not be uh, celebrated in other games. It allows you to be whoever you want to be, to do, to dress the way you want to dress and mm. to just create an avatar that is the projection of yourself, whether or not mm-hmm. it looks like you physically or not. And that mm-hmm. is something to be championed. However, the arguable point of it all, 
as in like, do you get to see that character in cutscenes? Comes down to whether or not you feel attached to your character. Like, do you mm. know? You know what they look like. You mm. care about that. And at the end of the day, it's not affecting anyone apart from on like online multiplayer games. So true, I don't true. see a, I don't see a huge deal with it whatsoever, whether or not you see your character in cutscenes or not, because you know what your character is. You oh, know, see, I you feel a connection to it because you put the time and effort into crafting them. Like. I don't need every single game to be like fall out and show me my character every single time right, I right. have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of just knowing that that's what I look like under the helmet. That's that's, that's a good that's a good way to rationalize it. I think for me, like I just I prefer third person stuff to first person stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it was interesting in Skull and Bones being like, you know, you're going to customize this character um, and all these different items and everything, but you are walking around in first person. They did show that you are third when you climb certain masts and stuff. Yes, but I think yeah. as long as a game, I like the hybrid stuff, like when Rainbow Six Vegas did it, where you that would was like amazing when yeah, you like you cover it and then. Cover and the camera will show you, and it's like Deus Ex does that in mm-hmm. Human Revolution and Mankind Divided. So I, I like a hybrid approach. I feel like, um, as you know, as as gamers or whatever, as people who have played a lot of different genres, not just us two, but I feel like as a medium, um, people can go with that. It doesn't need to be one or the other. It's quite easy to comprehend. Like, okay, that is me in first person, and now that's me in third person. Um, and there's ways to do it that way. So I I quite like the um the hybrid stuff uh, in that regard. But I would agree that Cyberpunk is the biggest offender for the uh, the character creator stuff. Just on that note, I would mm-hmm. not be surprised if we see a cyberpunk special super edition game of the year 28 <laughs> edition coming out that With has third person, cam. third person camera oh, dude. would say that that would come out i'd be so up for that man i remember when they all the reports came out and it was initially in third person anyway it's like just do that give yeah. me the witcher yeah. 3 cyberpunk um the next question is a not really a question a debate a selection of responses okay. to a big old poll that you put out oh, asking yes. people what is the king of crisps mr jules can you give us a kazoo theme for the king of crisps <laughs> <laughs> so we have many submissions for this and I'm sure this debate, there's no way we're picking a winner from this, but I'll run down a few that people sent in. Andy Taylor says McCoy's the flame grilled steak. McAllister NYC says the best chip is sea salt and vinegar Cape Cod chips, AKA oh, crack in a bag. They sound pretty good. PG Quip says pickled onion monster munch. Now this would be my oh, shout. That'll be my oh, shout. That's a, that's a child favorite. That's a, a vintage crisp. classic carry through. Uh, Jacob Sawyer says the king of crisps is plain. This okay. So this this is this is a curveball. This ball. is a take. I can this made me feel. do a little ooh noise. Jacob Sawyer, king of crisps is plain ready salted walkers with a fridge cool plain Cadbury's chocolate. Now that, whoa, that's, whoa, that's... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we can't add in these addendums, mate. I mean, that is effectively just salted chocolate at that point. And obviously, I, I mean, salt and probably... chocolate is a fantastic combination. I'd be but up for it. I just don't know if you're allowed to have a part this is, is breaking the rules. snack. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I do respect the moxie of trying to slip it past the old guy. The John like Moxie. That. I will very quickly ask you, what do you think of um, chips with chocolate? Like actual chips, like fries? Because I remember when I was a kid... I did combine the two, you and it was are, nice. You are. It was really man. good. No, that's not. It like, was. It's, it's like when I hear that people over in America have like got a big thing about dipping their French fries into their milkshakes, and it's I still haven't tried I, that. I can get. I can understand why on paper it's mm. the salty and sweet combination that is uh, like popcorn has mm-hmm. that sort of like effect as well. But I just. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> like you are better than that. Just maybe it's if, great. Maybe we don't know. I mean, like, this is the thing. Tomato ketchup, let's face it, it's nearly pure sugar anyway. You've got yes. your sweetness there, man. Just True. dip it into that. It's an acceptable thing. If I see you, like, walking around, <laughs> dipping it into your flurry, I'm just going to go up to you and be like, look, we're going to have we're gonna have a little walk. I'm going to little chat to you. You put yeah, that take down. You over, take you over to that alley right there, and I'm going to slap it at you. <laughs> slap it at your hand. <laughs> and it make your life better. Yeah, I'm, I'm These are the things, these are culinary, cultural, significantly... 
edible things that I've not had, the idea of dipping fries into a milkshake. Um, but still, so yeah, that that's up for debate in the, on Twitter as to whether ready-salted walkers with a fridge-cool Cadbury's chocolate that's is mad. even legal that's... at this point. Um, you're done messed up, Aaron, says sweet Maui onion. He says, I don't know if, if we have those in what? the UK. No. I don't even know what they are. He says he'll send us some. We'll be, we'll be in touch. Please, um, please sweet, do. Sweet Maui onion. Elfar Oliver thrown in with Pringles prawn cocktail. That'd be my number two. Oh, they That's are I'm throwing delicious. In. The problem with Pringles, though, is, mm. is that I don't know what is in their constitution and their genetic makeup, but once you've had about half a can to yourself, and trust me, we've all been there. Are you um, saying once you poppy can't stop? A little bit, little bit sick. Yeah. I feel a little bit sick after that. I don't know oh, what's yeah. in them, but I, I think was going like, to say the whole bag of them, I couldn't eat. You know what I mean? Like, you know the mouth thing? When you have a bunch of salt and vinegar, and it makes your mouth go all like, it's like a like little cat's bum. Oh, so just little, yeah, little, like person, little, person, little cat's yeah. bum. And I think that when you've had, yeah, it's only the salt and vinegar ones that do that, but they get very intense, and you mm. sort of, uh, you can't you're speaking in whistles the next one down is christopher nocella who says lime tostitos scoops mikey Ooh. c says jalapeno kettle chips and yes. jake basford says pom bears no question yes see the pom bear <laughs> is an elegant shout my friend a man mm. of culture indeed because that is fantastic <laughs> love the pom bears i've not had a pom bear since i was a kid did you used to have those crisps um oh my god i think it was space raiders oh where, yes um, were back, you would mate. assemble them they were like little you'd make oh, like a no, car those were transformer snacks or whatever oh. they were called yeah <laughs> they were great like yeah. a couple of wheels and like a chassis and you've yeah. got a little crisp car and um yeah young me never got that far because i couldn't i just had to eat it i was like i've got like three bits i'm, I'm not i'm just eating it um anyway as such concludes the current king of crisps debate well, the thing is is that what's your pick scott because obviously well, see, my, put ours into the, the okay okay my my gut feeling when you when you posed this question was pickled onion monster munch now okay. i might replace that and this is very fancy this is very bougie but when I'm feeling a bit fro- a bit a bit fancy, I'll get some Tyrells and Whoa, Tyrells. Okay. So, uh, you've you've re the house. If I've got ten pounds to spare on a bag of crisps, I'll get some Tyrells, and I'm gonna say the salt and vinegar ones of them, or yeah, the they cheese are very and onion, because they're, they're very, the, very um, good. They're the apple cider vinegar ones, aren't they? Those I ones. think so, yeah. They make a whole song and dance mm. about how fancy they are. I've gone mm. through an entire bag of them multiple times. I, yeah. I, it might have to be Tyrell's, but it is a very fancy crisp. Do you know what? There's so many like like outliers to how great... Mm. There's some great crisps that not many people try, like um, the... Uh, Ten overlooked like, crisps. You they missed. have a, 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 like a, a mango and chutney poppadom style oh, one that walkers do, and that's uh-huh. a really, really good flavor. The classic uh, prawn... Mm cocktail from a walkers is yep. a, an absolute storm oh got- the, the the rare scene tomato a tomato flavored crisp tomato Whoa, ketchup yeah yeah crisp. i remember the ke- yeah i remember yeah them. yeah they rarely come around sometimes you see them in supermarkets or the sauce. they're very good as well what's your pick for the king of crisps well, there is actually a uh, a vegan marmite and cheese crisp that was doing the rounds, and my god, that was good. I enjoyed that <laughs> immensely. Yeasty, cheesy, crunchy. Yes, that's that's, that's a very divisive uh, flavor combination. Throwing the marmite mate, in, mate. What about those scampy flavored crisps? They're also brilliant. I don't, I don't and they've know, got the man. nice and spicy knickknacks. Do you remember them? They were phenomenal. Oh yeah, my god, the, yeah, 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 the spicy rib or whatever. Oh, as the well. spicy rib was a massive. Yeah, shout, yeah, yeah. knickknacks never went wrong. I feel like they went away. Way, but they never went wrong. There's like three flavors. Okay, legendary what, about, flavors. what about Twiglets? I couldn't get away with Twiglets. A lot of people really swear by Twiglets, but they, I, they just see, I love the me. crunchy cardboard, man. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> please, just like spoonfuls of yeast and a bit you of know, drywall. Like Let's go. Sugary, powdery UFO things that you get. I don't know if it's a UK oh. thing. Yeah, I think they I think were I very, them. very rubbery. I feel what they called them, but you sort of just ate them. They had little like sugary powder. Yeah, they were flying saucers. They were flying saucers. Yeah, that's that. Twiglets are kind of like the the twig 
crispy version of that. I just, yeah, I get just, what you mean. Not, a moment yeah. of like, oh, that is quite nice, but with a lot of like, mm, that's weird. That is very yeah, weird. Yeah, just sort of like the idea, the core of it saves it, but the outside of it, the extraneous part is uh, is not very good. Um, next question from Steve, who says, if we were both walking down a dark and lonesome road and all of a sudden okay. there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road mm. and asked you to play the best song in the world or I'll eat your souls, what would we play? Um, I would play uh, The Man with the Machine Gun from Final Fantasy VIII. I <laughs> love that track, man. I love oh, it. Are we, are we talking video game related? Or are we talking I think we're just like, talking about, song? yeah, what song can you, I guess it's what song can we play or you play that would get, oh. that you would outplay the demon, Tenacious D style, to emerge victorious. Oh, man. I mean, like, I do not have that much of a repertoire when it comes You've to... You've got a kazoo? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I would do. I would probably try and do the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody just so I could think oh. of an escape plan because I don't think that a kazoo to a demon would do well. I feel like you could do. We're, we're talking about like you know, if it's the same Satan that is featured heavily in Devil Went Down to Georgia, he's yes. seen the banjo playing of some other people trying to bargain <laughs> for their souls. So I doubt that a 99p kazoo will be able to swing it. I'm my saying way. In, in a Final Fantasy VIII vein, if you did a kazoo version of the card music where it's just like oh, yeah, dum, 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 like that would be. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I'm gonna throw in. Um, oh my god, that song. Uh, the Give you're the, the voice. Try and understand it. It a bird and make it real. Whoa, that one. That one. I don't know the name of the song, but I know that the voice as I Google it. It's by John Farnham. That's the okay. one. I requested that at a wedding recently, thinking the entire place will be bopping to that, and they all left the dance floor. And I was like, it's this, you're missing out on the best chorus of all time, lads. It's Actually, I tell you what, going off really... of the like wedding themes that were absolutely brilliant, we could have done mm. from your wedding, do the Mortal Kombat thing. <laughs> That's what we should <laughs> Everybody do for the Kano, Johnny Cage. Yeah, all yeah. of us knew what that was, and all the elder folk were just like, this isn't... No, your mum was getting in on it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> she, was, she was vibing to uh, Slipknot, and she was just yeah, sort of like, was, just, she was already on the dance floor, so it's uh, it's got to be done. Final question from Matthew McGowan, who says, have we ever tried playing a game multiple times and never managed to push through? I've gotten five hours into The Witcher 3 on three separate occasions, and a, f a few the first few hours of Xenoblade Chronicles, but nothing beyond that. Mm, I was like that for with Final Fantasy XIII. Um, mm. It took me a long time and I played it through uh, five or six hours first. Then mm -hmm. I took a big break from it, came back to it again mm -hmm. because my mates were like, oh, it opens up loads once you get to a certain point about After 10 hours. 20 hour mark, yeah. So I pushed through to that bit, got to that bit there and I was like, I still don't like this game. I saw it through <laughs> the conclusion and I was like, I just, you know, when you just like finish a game and you're like, oh, that's done. That was a waste but of I my do time. not feel like that was like a worthwhile experience. At yeah. Time. Mine uh, would be Bayonetta 2. I just, I didn't, I played a little bit of Bayonetta 1. Mm. It didn't really vibe with me. And then I did Bayonetta 2. I got quite a few hours into that. And I just kind of realized we did a chatty face about it, but it was just like, I might have mentioned this last week actually, but Bayonetta 2 is the one for me that I wanted to love the most. And I just kept yeah, playing it, it happen, yeah. and just kept realizing how kind of empty the combat felt. And I just was like, no, I'm going to have to just admit that I, I just can't get through this. And yeah. so I need to go back and play Bayonetta 1. And I'll be diving in on Bayonetta 3. Um, but that'll be the one for me that just it just wouldn't click whatsoever but in terms of massive rpgs um i think i don't know about you but it's like knowing there's a hundred hours ahead of me kind of can yeah. make me run the other way sometimes yeah. like there's like i found with uh nino kuni tuni uh mm. revenant kingdom i was like oh i really like this game super jazzed on it let's push through and then i was like oh, i'm actually making a lot of progress and then mm. the game was like actually you're probably only about a third of the way through even though uh -huh. you've done everything and i was like oh i'm gonna burn out on this game there mm -hmm. is no way that i can keep up with all of the side tasks and mini missions that this game is giving me with the same passion that i approached it with and That's... it just waned and waned and waned and then in the 
I would say the third act, they lean super heavily into pushing you into this RTS-style um, battle system. Mm. And I was like... I don't like this battle and you're telling right. me that I have to do this again and again and again. I'm like, <laughs> you're killing my love for this game. My thing, one of the worst feelings in video games is when you've finished before the game has, yeah, like in mentally, you're just sort of like, I am ready for the credits and it's like, nope, there's another 10 hours and it's like, yeah. I, I know I'm done. I want my life back. But anyway, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions. We will do a carryover for next week because we've got a ton of responses um, as always. So a massive thank you. For now, this has been the Untitled Banter Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Hill, for joining my Jules Gill. I have been Jules Gill, and there's just been some roadworks that have started out behind me, so apologies if you'll That's be able to hear this on nice, recording. A nice little hush in the background. Um, <laughs> but yes, massive thank you again, and we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.